was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I just had an idea. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 87 of the Almost Daily Show with your host Chandler and... The Dave Picard. Uh, we've got a very special guest today. We've got Shane on with us. He was a coach, manager, and ran things at a gym. And he's got some pretty cool lessons to tell. I think you guys are going to benefit from what he has to say. And I really think you guys should take his message to heart and really, really hone it in. Because from what we've been talking to with him about, we see this in a lot of gyms. Everybody wants to do the things he's going to talk about. A lot of people screw the things he's going to talk about up. And it ultimately results in either failure of the facility or failure of the business or just living in the dirt the whole the whole life cycle of the business until you're burnt out and don't want to do it anymore. Uh, so introduce yourself, Shane. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, I've watched the show many times and I know you guys on the side. It's, a, it's great to be on. I appreciate it. A um, little bit about myself. Uh, uh, degree in organizational leadership, business development, uh, Long career in uh, sales and business management. I ran some sales teams uh, in the resort and hospitality industry for a long time. It was a big part of that. And a couple of years ago, got hooked up with a buddy. I was doing the gym thing as a member and uh, was, had taken some time off from my career and uh, got involved uh, in a gym and uh, you know was, was on a bit of a break professionally and decided to kind of parlay my skills to help my buddy get his gym uh, up and rolling. He'd been at it about seven, eight years at the time. And they were about to make some big changes and especially in the way that they like brought people on board and changed the whole management style and structure. So I kind of got involved that way. And we were kind of joking about it off the air is I, I kind of have an interesting perspective on the, the running of a small business. Uh, I've been around that my whole life, uh, small businesses and, and, and whatnot. But uh, the, uh, the gym thing was really kind of cool. Cause I was definitely like an alien off on a foreign planet. You know, I was, the guy with the, all the education, <laughs> but none of the practical skills, you know, to, to run it, to run it, to specifically run a gym or to even coach. I mean, that was wild. Like, you know, I had to stop all the professional stuff and, and literally learn how to coach movement. You know, that was a pretty wild change and whatnot, all the while trying to work on myself, you know, so it's yeah. been, it's been, it's been an adventure the last couple of years for sure. So, I bet. That's actually uh, an that's interesting transition you just talked about uh, most people who listen to the show probably started off as a coach and learned like sales and management and business and all those practices from the facility or from whatever they learned but uh, you flipped it around and so you came in with exactly the yeah opposite. so that that's cool yeah. yeah it was um you know it's cool it was like really cool and really frustrating all at once because like you could there's only so many hours <laughs> in the day to do the things that have to get done and so I kind of felt like, you know, when I first started, it was a matter of like, okay, I've got this skill set, but the business isn't ready for, for that skill set to be put in place. Like, that's not where this business is at right now. Like, we got to put some of those things on the shelf. And then, you know, what it was almost like triage, you know, when you walk in and you're making this huge organizational change, you know, from the way that you bring new customers in, you, you nurture those customers and bring them through the life cycle, it was like, okay, I've got all these tools, but no, man, like you actually need to do the thing. You need to go and do the coaching of the thing, you know, to, to make people, uh, you know, to get them rolling. So 
Yeah, it was certainly uh, eye-opening, you know, uh, but the, you know, the, the whole reason we're talking is that, like the fundamentals of running those businesses are the same. So, I mean, it probably to provide some color and context, we, over the course of two years, uh, you turn, we completely revamped the structure of the business. Um, we got it to a point where on its face was profitable on a monthly basis. Um, if you just took the, the monthly inflow and outflow was, it was healthy, uh, in that regard. Um, it was kind of trudging along, making those slow, small incremental gains that you want to see just like you would, you know, for the coaches out there, you want to see slow incremental strength gains with your clients. You want to see slow incremental growth, uh, with your business. That's healthy. That's sustainable. And, uh, but then it got to the point where, you know, it's, two, three decisions here, there over the course of every month, over two years. And all of a sudden it's, it becomes an untenable situation. Um, insofar as, you know, the business, the, the amount of energy and inertia that's required to move the business forward has tapped the reserves of the people involved in making that happen. Uh, you know, at some point it's like, there's just no more gas in the tank, you know? And so, which, which led to the, you know, uh, you know, a possible sale of the business. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And you're bringing up the fact uh, that business owners generally start these things and they, they live in the dirt and they eat shit for a living for the, for forever. And they, they try to make change. They try to make change too fast often. And then all, this results in, oh, well, nothing works. And then they either, they're just burnt out and they don't want to do it anymore. And they, then they close the business when they have prime opportunities to potentially bring it back up. It's just, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, organizational change and any kind of organizational leadership change requires a, a fairly slow and methodical process in terms of changing it. And I always tell people, put this into phases of strategic planning. We need to do a discovery phase. Like, why are we doing this? Does it make sense? A planning phase. All right, now what's the timeline for this to happen? And what are all the moving parts and pieces we need to put into play? And then execution. All right, let's do this. And then post-execution analysis. Okay, now that we've made this happen, what can we do better? What didn't go right? And how can we improve on what we already did? Yeah, and that's and that's an almost impossible task if you're also neck deep in the operations of your business. You know, um, you've got to be able to surround yourself with people that can can buoy you through that. You know, so you talk about being down in the dirt and eating shit. And, you know, there is very little glory that comes from that, you know, management style. Like the first move has got to be looking for resources around you to to help manage those the operational things to make it happen. I always I always talk to people when I'm talking about their small businesses, like there are three things that every small business needs. Do so you need someone with the vision, right? Here's where we're going. I'm the captain of the ship. We're going this direction. You need someone to implement that vision. Uh, and then you need someone to watch the money, make sure you have the resources to, to do all the things. Yeah. Now, it's been my experience that you can be two, one person can be at most two of those things, right? You can be the guy with the vision and you can be the operational guy or gal, but you can't also watch the money. You can be the money and operations person, but you, you know, you, you got it. Just not hours in the day. You can't, you can't do it all. Yeah, that's huge. That's a great point. And it's, it's the fact of leveraging your strengths as well. It's okay. I'm good at this. I, I can understand the vision. I can organize, I can build the, what I want to happen, but then maybe I'm not so good at operations. So I need someone to go in and organize everything. 
And then if I'm trying to manage the finances at the same time, I'm going to miss things or I'm going to fall apart, or I'm going to end up in the business owner mindset where I say, I don't know what's coming in. I just know we have, we're not in debt. And then just, no, it's not where we need to be. (laughs) Yeah. So something else, Shane, um, just to kind of touch on it. I, we, I had a technical difficulty, so I had to reboot. Um, (laughs) Technical. First, I want to say what an opportunity it's, uh, as we're talking about all this stuff and people are listening, uh, in our industry, in the gym type business, we hear all sorts of people with with solutions to problems, right? That's like everything being sold in the industry. And then we always hear like, you know, owners, what they're doing. It's very rare that you get to hear from, you know, someone that was kind of like in an implementation phase from a management employee level, uh, what's actually going on. Uh, and something else that never happens, which is what I think is very unique right here is, uh, no owners, no one's ever going on and, and publicly talking about, like, say, their failure stuff in the business. Because just because the egos alone, people just brush it under the rug and move on. So there's an industry of positive and what works and use this system and all that. But no one talks about the failure side of all of it. And, yeah. uh, and, it, and people make these monster mistakes over and over because of it. Um, yeah. but one thing I'd love to hear your input on as you as you get um, management side, running the business and what you just talked about is so important. And I think that's where, you know, especially in the gym business, uh, most of the failure comes from, uh, these, these people aren't like, that's not their strength to begin with, right? They, they're not management. They're not, you know, leadership. They're not a lot of that stuff. They're just people that love people in the business and they want to change lives. And so they, they get themselves bogged down on the management struggle. And I think, a lot of the system stuff that's coming out from a business standpoint, they're trying to, you know, say this is how you're supposed to run your business. But at the end of the day is the people have to be able to do it, right? The employees have to have the skill set to actually deliver the vision. And that's been the struggle, I think. You know, one, learning how to manage, two, how to actually deliver it. Yeah, it's and that's not easy because, you know, you're in, especially in the gym industry, you're looking for a specific skill set for the operations of the business and those don't necessarily co like coincide or there's not a lot of overlap with you know the soft service skill side the marketing side the you know um it's a tall order to ask someone to do to be all the things right yeah um, yeah and and so you know as a manager geez it's there's it seems basic to me, but like it, it's it's day one stuff. Like if you had any kind of problem, like let's say you're a caveman, you're trying to build a fire, you're looking around for what tools you have available. Yeah, caveman. And, and they, exactly. <laughs> All the caveman, just like Larry the cave. <laughs> you're, you're, you're immediately in a business situation. You're doing the same thing. You're trying to, you know, triage your situation. You're looking around, going, okay, what tools do I have at my disposal? How can I delegate? How can I how can I put these tools to best use? The word delegate isn't even right there. It's like, you know, <laughs> what materials do I have to build this house? And it may not right. be the a lot of people put uh, perfection, you know, it, perfection gets in the way of uh, really good, you know. Yeah, and, that's usually know, a so big like, problem. Yeah, I and mean, we see it, you know, people's diets or their, their you know exercise regimen, whatever they they let that idea that pursuit of perfection get in the way of realizing like hey we are making these incremental steps like but to to the point of of i think first is yeah that is identifying what skills you have at your um 
at arm's length. And then you have to set your expectations based on that. Your initial expectations You're like, okay, here's where I'm starting. Here's what I have. So what's reasonable to expect to get out of this set of tools. Um, and then you say, okay, when we get to this benchmark, we're going to set another benchmark. What tools am I going to need to build that? And that requires a level of patience, a level of humility, I think is, is a big one, you know? Um, yeah. That's self-awareness too, right there. It's what am I good at? What am I not good at? And push my ego aside. I can do this. I can do these things, but I need to find someone who can do the things I'm not good at. Cause otherwise I'm just going to crush myself trying to figure it out. And I think a lot of people, especially in this industry, you know, they feel like, Hey, I'll just, I'll just hammer down. I'll just work harder. I'll just gut through it, you know, spit, grit, and duct tape. We'll make it happen. Like I said, there's only so much fuel in that tank. Yeah. And we get into this mindset where people think if you work a 19 hour day, you're going to win, like just work harder and you're going to win. That's all you, all it takes. That's what you do forever. And well, hard work smart. I think it's smarter to do smart work. So you can put in a 12 hour day, but it better be in a way that's going to be organized to enhance your business and not just put you in the weeds 24 seven. Right, right. I, I, there's a saying I like. It's there's a fine line between uh, efficiency and laziness, and your job as a manager is to walk that line. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. So it's always, even if something's going well, it's always about making it more efficient, right? Like, how do I deliver a, a higher end service more efficiently, which yeah. is um, that equals scaling, right? Yeah, it, and that scaling is important, you know. Um, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time? And you, you <laughs> Unless you're really hungry. Yeah. Then you, you, you got to be okay with taking those small bites. That's right. Every, every victory, you know, but when you talk right. about a manager from an owner, <laughs> general manager kind of standpoint, like, okay, let's say you set a revenue go, uh, growth uh, benchmark at 10% and you, and you, you didn't hit your benchmark. You made it 8%. Man, you grew 8%. Yeah, still a success. That's, that's, that's a win. That's a win. Yeah, that's you know, huge. That's not, that's not go stomping around and, and, and kick everybody in the head, telling them how they need to do more. Like, you go, hey, man, we, we grew. We got better. And, okay, we still want to get 10%. My job as a leader, my job as a manager is to say, okay, why didn't we get there without casting, you know, blame? Like, okay, what were the actual things that kept us from getting there? And then remove those things. The best right. managers, the best managers remove obstacles for their employees. Yeah, that's huge. There's a, a really good book that people should read if they haven't. And it's that book, Multipliers versus Diminishers, or maybe it's just called Multipliers. I don't know. I read it 10 years ago. But it's, it's, just uh, it's just called Multipliers. But it's the fact that Diminishers <laughs> are the guys who tell their employees they suck or, hey, we didn't make those revenue targets. So you, you suck. You guys, yeah. we need to pick things up. Uh, but the Multipliers are the ones who are there just to enhance the ability of their employees to succeed. They feel like they're succeeding. Uh, and when you do reach goals like that, if you do get that 8%, it's like, hey, we didn't reach our 20% goal, but we hit 8%, and that's huge. And I'm super pumped and proud of you guys. So let's let's set some new goals moving forward. And, and it's part of rallying your team, too. If you're just a jerk all the time, nobody's going to want to follow you. But if you can display your vision and your why and show people and be a good leader and prime them with kindness, you're going to set yourself in a position to where they'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to like, you know, you think about the best people you've ever worked for, best people you've ever worked with. They've, they've been fair. They've been consistent. Uh, and they've, they've constantly held you accountable. Like I know that, if I'm, you know, if I'm not going to perform that there'll be some accountability involved. 
you know, but then there's, there was a study that came out. It was quite a while ago, um, but they were talking about what motivated employees the most. And the first answers most people go to is like, my employees won't do things because they don't get paid enough. <laughs> time and time and time and time and time again, it's been proven that money doesn't make people jump into action. Exactly. Money can, money can demotivate people. It can bring people down. But ultimately, what motivates people in the workplace is that they, they know that the work that they're doing matters. Mm-hmm. It matters to the people that they serve, and it matters to the people that they work with and work for. If you can show a janitor, you know, um, to that cleaning the floor of the gym, or, you know, your cleaning person at the gym, you can show that person why it matters. They'll be happy to do it. There's no complaint. That's right. Yeah, that's you huge. <clears throat> so I think something that, you know, when you're talking like, manager's job and you know someone that has the vision someone to say to deliver the vision and then the uh you know the person that doesn't sleep at night the money guy (laughs) yeah right so um i think something that you know something that we struggled with at at all the businesses we've ever really had is you know when you when you have a vision and you're like this is what we want to deliver you have to make sure that you actually have all the tools in the toolbox to deliver the vision. And something that can happen is I think, especially in the gym business where everybody's, you know, like getting advice and trying to keep up with the Joneses because this is what the gym down the street's doing, or this is what we're supposed to be doing as a business. And you're hammering down on, right. This is what we do. This is the service. This is your job, but they might not have the ability to complete the job as the vision requires. And when you're talking about removing obstacles, a lot of that's, you know, especially from an employee, say, coach standpoint, uh, we find a lot of the obstacles. It's not in delivering the base service. That's the issue. It's, it's when you try to add all this other stuff onto their plate uh, that they might not have the ability to deliver. You know, yeah. no matter which way you shuffle it, they're struggling in certain areas. And uh, to continue, you know, like this down to your resources, you might not have the resources to deliver the vision currently. Your job is to come up with a game plan to get there. Yeah, uh, this is this is a great point, and it's it's one we ran into a little bit. Um, we have as talent. We at one point had as talented a coaching staff as as you'd want to have. Um, and you know, when you start lumping things like sales and and billing and and whatnot onto people's plates, this is just not a, a skill set that they necessarily have. This is where idealism gets in the way. You know, business idealism. You think, well, this is your job. You do as a manager. It's easy to say, this is your job. I'll find someone who can do this. That unicorn may not exist. That's true. (laughs) It rarely exists. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that they've proven that unicorns don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Can you prove a negative? I don't know. Yeah. um, We can prove anything. (laughs) I can. Yeah. With an abstract concept. Yeah. To that end, it's like, you know. If it's not working, you have to, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You have to say, okay, we don't have five people that can do all of those things. Who can do that thing? Is that person, should we make that's that right. person's full-time gig this? Yeah, that's huge because well, that's, that's leveraging their right. strengths. Like, hey, we all might not be good at all the things we want to do. So who's good at these things? Uh, we'll make them the responsible party for that process. Someone else a responsible party for another process and you – organize your business into phases where people actually do the things they're good at. And you're not telling people just do it. Cause I said so, which upsets people. 
that's really where, you know, you talked earlier about all of these different uh, companies, organizations, products that are supposed to help streamline your business. And when I, you know, they have a set of rules that they're, you know, they have seen work. Um, sometimes those are situationally like advantageous in different areas. So you have to use it. I always talk about like in any kind of skill based, you know, in business, whether you're, you know, gymming or you're working in, uh, you know, hospitality or wherever you've got, you've got a certain, I always equate it to a toolbox. I'm just filling my toolbox with all these different tools that can help solve any number of problems. Like if I'm having a house built and the guy in the truck drives up and his toolbox has a hammer, everything's going to look like a nail. Right. But if the guy pulls up with a trailer behind his truck with a bevy of tools and all the, all the stuff, like this guy can do everything. You know right. what I mean? So you got to just, as a manager, it's all about like filling that toolbox, filling that kit with, with all the tools that you need to, to run your business. And yeah. part of that, knowing what you need and then uh, going out and finding it. Yeah. And, and business evolves over time, you know? So like, just because, um, actually we, I have it on the board. We just, we had a, um, quite the quite the meetings this week breaking some of this stuff down and ultimately it's what is the service that the business is delivering and it's very detailed and it never changes right like here's the vision on service and then it's how do we deliver that vision well this been there can be a million renditions of that over the years based on the toolbox you know so if we have it our, our ideal approach then this is what it looks like but it has to be delivered that way right and then if it's not delivered that way there can be adjustments based on resources you know but the service can't change like that's the part the client experience is what's important yeah and one thing i find with like employees the stronger your team is and the more they trust you as a leader the more what's going to happen is going to like automatically mold into where it needs to go people are going to fit where they want to fit they're going to do the things that they're good at and they know you gave them the flexibility to learn and understand what they can do and to talk to you about what they can't do. And so I think the stronger your team is, the less friction you get with this kind of stuff. And the better you are at displaying your vision and why, the more likely they will just kind of mold into where they want to go because they feel like you trust them. Yeah. And you've got to give the time. You have to give people time to fit into that role, you know, um, because they may, they may sell you a bill of goods. It's, it's, you know, they may say, Hey, I'm, I really want to do this. I really want to be good at this. I think I can be good at this. You know, as a manager, you say, okay, is that true? Is that happening? Did you miss the mark? Or, you know, and then there's the coaching and correction piece that comes in there. But, you know, right. you're exactly right. But if you're in a hurry, and I'll say this, like if you're in a hurry as a manager or as an owner, we got to get there tomorrow and it's got to all happen. You're going to be in huh. trouble. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah that's you, right. You're going to burn people out. Um, you know, you're you're going to have ups. You're going to have these huge ups and downs in your own, you know, as a manager, your own ability to deal with the day to day. You know, I mean, guy, if you're a captain on the ship and the ship's like rocking, the ocean's crazy. The last thing the crew wants to see is the the the, the captain of the ship running around. I don't know what to do. You know, exactly. That's never a good right situation now. on the boat. Yeah, no, that's, that's a bad day. That's how you're going to capsize. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, you never want to see the flight attendants running around looking nervous on the plane. Yeah, then you know, okay, something's going down. Something is your, up. Your your clients, your client, and the point being, your clients pick up on it. It, oh, affects, it affects your business. Mm -hmm. and they I don't can care smell it. You, yeah, how much you try to hide it, how much you try to like keep things on the back burner away from them, they will sniff it out every mm -hmm. time.
That's right. Exactly. It's a, it's a big thing. If your staff has to trust you enough to know that you're going to organize whatever's happening in an actual phase of planning. And if you just try to do the shotgun approach and change 30 things at once, number one, you're not, or what didn't work or even what happened. And number two, your employees are going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to get them into a position to where they're really stressed out and they're not enjoying what they're doing. And then like you're saying, as a result, the client experience suffers. And I always talk about the most important people in your entire organization are your, your staff because they're the direct representation of your product or service to your clients. And if they're stressed out and hate what they're doing and don't know what's going on, the clients are going to get a bad experience. And that's really what we want to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I mean, it's, it's tough. And I, I, I see, I've seen it in, uh, I've worked with a few small businesses and, you know, the, the owners of a, a small business, especially in the gym world, you know, they, they very much want to succeed. They love what they do. They're passionate about what they do. But, uh, you know, time and time again, it comes down to like, you know, those practicing those basic fundamentals, being patient, being able to work through a problem that way. You know, that's that's the crux of of, of uh, that's where that's where these small businesses tend to run into the most trouble is that they don't. They can't separate the passion from the business, you know, living the business uh, right. and, and the operations. And then all of a sudden it becomes like everyone walking around has a dollar sign attached to the top of their head. And you're like, man, once you get there, that's tough. Like that's tough to overcome. Yeah. That's a real big problem. Gym business isn't the business to be uh, attaching dollar signs to faces. You need to have basic, um, like, you know, uh, really smart business practices. Like, so if you own a place right, you better either partner with somebody that's a business guy or become a business guy, you know, and it's, that's the hard part, right? That's where, you know, a lot of people that are struggling, it's not even because, you know, the business system or this or that. It's just, it's not for them. Owning the place isn't for them, which makes the struggle real. Yeah. And then people get into this mindset to where they're so frustrated, they hate everything. But this whole industry and any kind of service industry is really based around empathy and patience. I need to know what my staff are thinking and what they're going to do before they even do it. I need to know and understand the way my customers are thinking. And if I just have dollar signs attached to it and frustrations attached to all my staff, then I'm going to put myself in a position to where I really need to step back and find someone who can exercise the patience and empathy to take care of the people and to understand what they want and need. And I don't think that, I mean, I, w- I can't speak for everybody, but I think this is not born out of a place of malice, right? Like, I think it comes down to like, you're so overwhelmed with the operations requirements of the job that you just start living those numbers. If you're trying to wear all three of those hats I was talking about earlier, right. like you just, you just live in that world. Like you don't, you can't separate it. Um, and, and people do eventually become numbers and, you know, because you're just right. so up. You don't have the bandwidth. Right. Yeah, that's and it. I, I think something that, I mean, I personally saw this and um, we went kind of back to the old ways of how we did things where it was about, you know, the vision was about just, you know, there's a certain piece like this is what we're delivering for service. And it was finding the right fit for people. Like, you know, where are your strengths and how can I help you succeed with your strengths into our, our overall vision as a company. And what I found was, you know, the company vision was off with how we were trying to deliver service a little bit, where we were trying to, to take somebody and make them do a bigger job than they were capable of or even wanted to do. And when we stripped it back down and took the approach of like our old approach where it was just like, you know, like 
what do you love? Like in a gym business, we're looking for people that have a passion for helping people and coaching people first. Like that's the, that's the primary driver. And so it's like, okay, so past that, if you no longer have any responsibility past that, here is the list of all the other stuff that needs to happen in the business. Are, are you interested in any of this? What I found was that they weren't interested in it. They're like, no, I don't want to do any of that. This is what I want to do. And then it was like, well, wow, I just spent all this time trying to hammer that down your throat to make sure you could be efficient doing all that other stuff. And you didn't even want to do it. You know, Hell, man. I, I'm, I'm that way. Like, right. You know, I, I, I was exact that way. It got to a point where I was like, I have had enough of teaching people how to squat. It's not what I do well. Yeah. Like, what, I, what I do well is break down organizations and map out a plan for success. That's what I do. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, uh, so it got to that point where like, you know, I was like, we got to change something, you know, it's just not going to work. Right. And, um, you know, just that is, yeah. Well, people, I, have that, people have that breaking point or that threshold. Yeah. And then it was, it's a position where like you weren't put in a position where you're working towards your strength. You have something that you're putting energy into, which takes away from your strength. Uh, that's not the passion, not the, you know, not where you, your, um, knowledge, experience and passion are best suited. Uh, right. And, yeah. so, uh, and, and you have a you have a unique thing that gym owners are looking for all day long is management. People that actually understand management and can and, and have the tool set to really deliver management. Um, you can't take someone that's, you know, pr- more built for like interaction and changing lives and doing, you know, like the, the, that side of it. It's really hard to find the, to mix those two. It's different personalities. Um, different skill sets. It's really hard. Yeah, we yeah. find that, it, especially when you try to get someone who's like a, a bubbly, upbeat person, put them on operations. They're usually not so good at that. And then you find the operations person when you try to get them to sell stuff. They are they hate that and they're not good at it. They can't do it. And so you'll find in your staff, like I know I have three people who can sell really well. I have two people who have operations, and I have one person who's a financial weirdo. And then. I have my whole staff and all my stuff organized into a position where everybody's doing what they're doing. They're working together as a team and then they know where their common goal is and they don't take forever trying to figure it out. Cause if you put me doing like financial modeling, it's going to happen in seven years from now. Cause it's going to take me a while to figure it out. But if you put me on sales or understanding the marketing and stuff and the vision, it's going to happen right away. And so that's, that's another problem. Do you want your staff to waste time on things they're not good at and, process efficiency is going to go way down or do you want them to work on exactly what they're good at and get it done quick and efficiently? So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, if there are gym owners watching and and especially maybe gym owners that, you know, I've, I've met and whatnot watching and, you know, these are very small businesses. These are at many, most of the levels of the gyms I've been around. Like these are what I like to call micro businesses. These are like three people, four people, trying to do all of it and and that's where you really have to step back and say okay eventually i might have a staff of five six seven people but right now guys it's us that's it four of us how are how are we going to divvy up what we have to do and that's the question that you know someone in the room and i don't care if you're like an apprentice coach or if you're you know you've been there nine years and you just want to cruise and coach your classes like at some point you have to realize that you are a part of a larger thing, this organization, and you are there to help make it grow, step up and say, well, I know how to do this. I feel comfortable doing that. And then the reverse of that as the owner manager, 
just because you give up a little bit of control doesn't mean you're giving up your business. Yes, that's huge. You're just giving up a piece so that you can be successful. Yeah, you have to trust your people too. And that's that idea of that, the diminisher. It's the person who wants to control everything and has to be involved in everything. And they're eventually going to burn themselves out. But the owner and the leader who has mentored people well enough and managed people well enough will be able to trust them and say, hey, go run with it. I'm aware of what's happening, but this is your thing. Make it happen and make it work. And you don't have to be in control and you don't have to be involved in everything. And if you do, you're going to stress yourself out and just put yourself in a position to where you hate what you do. Yeah. And that force multiplier of time plus resources is really cool. So like, you know, at first the four of you guys, four, three or four people in the gym are going to be slugging it out, trying to figure it out. But then you grow a little bit, you have a little bit, if you're smart with your resources, you can add a part-time person there. You can pay someone to do this project. I mean, that's the other thing. Think about your business in project terms. What project needs to be done right now? I don't have financial statements. I need those. Who can go build those for me for, you know, a couple of PT sessions, you know, I mean, or whatever it needs to be like, mm-hmm. you know, take, take small bites of, of the project. I mean, that really is at that micro level where you got three people trying to pull it up the hill. That's how it has to get done. And if you can be patient and you can stick with it on that kind of thing, you'll be all right. If you get in a hurry and <laughs> keywords, patience, but I think, in our business, in the gym business, the the stuff that's urgent is just taking care of the clients, right? Just making sure they're happy. Like the whole business is about that interaction and delivering a great experience when they come into your business. So that's like so important. So then if there's on a management side, if, you know, if, if it's, if it's business operation side, it's chopping down, like, what do we need to run on a monthly basis so that things are good? That's first importance. Uh, if it's ideas on, growth or ideas on, you know, like I, we could, we could build this or do that, which is usually a visionary in the company's always got these great ideas that they want to push forward. Um, but if you can't deliver that base product and that's not awesome, there's no point even implementing anything. So that's long-term stuff. It's like, I might have a great idea, um, but we're going to start working on it. Maybe that's next year's launch or next year's yeah. stuff. Right. The only thing that matters is, is how awesome is the base product. Right. I can't have I can't lose one member because I was too busy over here. Right. Like take care of your business, have slow growth, uh, you know, steady growth uh, and then have fun with new stuff and finding people to build it and, and, you know, project related stuff. That's exactly right. You know, you guys are hitting right on the head and it's um, it's a recipe that if you can get it right, it can be a heck of a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And when, well, yeah. When you find uh, if you're in a rush and you're always trying to hustle something through and you're always behind, it's because we had a failure to plan somewhere and a failure to management that manage that planning phase. And that's why everybody should have a strategic phase of planning for everything they do. If it's not planned, you're going to do it last minute. Your staff's going to forget about it because you weren't telling them what to do or how to do it or helping them. And then you're just going to run around in crisis mode all the time. Yeah. And the funny thing about plans is that you know, they're only in so good as you go through that process you talked about. You plan, you execute, you assess, you replan. You don't, you don't do that all at once, you know. Exactly. It didn't work today. (laughs) All right, let's scrap it, move on. No, you got to like lay out a time frame on your, Mm -hmm. we're going to do this. We're going to dig in. We're going to do these things to make these steps for the next three months. And in three months, we're going to take a look at it, 
But if you are if you are just ping ponging all over the place, plan to plan, it's yeah. over. You're already done. Well, I think what happens yeah. if it's ping ponging and it happens too fast, you you miss the work involved in making it successful, yeah. right? It is you know if it's we want to do this thing and, and we're going to push it out, so I announced it. Ah, shit, it didn't work, right? Like, well. It's if you have to make sure if you have 200 clients and you have to make sure all 200 clients were notified and talked to and asked their opinion of and you find out where they're at. If you send something out and you only get 20 percent response, that means, okay, so that was 20 percent. I have to either call all the people or text all the like I have to make sure that we put the work in to actually make the thing happen correctly, then assess whether or not it worked or didn't. Yeah, absolutely. You have to you have to know. Right. Yeah, you have to know what you're known, what you're dealing with. You know, you have to know the known. Right. Right. A lot of the times, uh, you see it as it's like I have this great idea. I'm going to implement it. I push it out. Ah, we didn't get we didn't get great, you know, buy-in. So we got to scrap and try something new. And then that's the part where it's like we didn't get buy-in because you didn't do the work to get the buy-in. You know, yeah. like that's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest pieces of the process. It's everybody's assigned specific roles and responsibilities and tasks that they need to accomplish during each one of the phases of planning. And then you can hold them responsible if they don't do it. So, hey, this didn't get done. This was your responsibility. What happened? Yeah, yeah there's an axiom I picked up along the way in my business career. It was like, there are three reasons people don't do what you ask them to do or don't perform. And this could be a whole other podcast, but... Um, we talk about staff management, but people generally like if you, if people haven't performed the way you needed them to, they either didn't understand what you were asking them to do. They didn't have the resources to do it or they didn't care. Now the first two, the first two <laughs> yeah. I can deal with, right. As a manager, right. I can, I can explain this better. I can give you the resources, but if you don't care, Oh man, yeah, we're all in trouble. That's a problem. And I think there's a, another fundamental one as well. If you're a bad, if you've been a poor leader in the past or if you've failed on a few things and if your employees are doing things that aren't their strengths, they get that fundamental aspect of fear and they don't do things out of being afraid that it's not going to work or that someone's going to yell at them on the phone. Like I talked to people who force their staff to call people until they answer. And sometimes it's like 20 or 30 calls and the staff gets so fearful of the response they're going to get that they just don't do it. And they just continuously not do it. But that comes down to, you know, when you're talking resources, Resources is also their ability level, right? Like, like so one, it's their, their resources for their personality, what they're good at. Like, you know, I've done, I've done telephone sales before where you sit in a call center and just pound down. It takes a certain type of person to be able to pick up the phone over and over and over <laughs> yeah. again all day with no fear of rejection where they actually enjoy the rejection, right? Like that, that is a very select type of a person. That's right. If you ask, if you ask somebody, uh, like I, my first job, I left school, college for this, <clears throat> was in um, insurance sales. I was a broker. And on Monday nights, I'd hammer the phones. So I would, I would have a, a certain number of people I needed to set appointments with for the following week. And I would just make phone calls until I had my appointment set. I would start calling at like 4 o'clock, and I'd finish at about 8 o'clock every Monday night. And I was young. And I did not make one phone call from 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 four four thirty at night. I used to pick the phone up. I'd start to dial. I'd be walking around the office. I'd put the phone down. I hate yeah. making cold calls because, like, I'm a relationship type sales guy. 
I'd be much better off dropping me in an auditorium full of people, right? I'll get all the calls yeah. I need then. You know, like yeah, this exactly. that I, I didn't like it, you know, but I'd start at 7:30 and I would slay it from 7:30 to it'd probably take me 15 minutes. I'd have like 10 calls, 10 appointments for the week after. When I actually got him on the phone, so you can't you couldn't build like I could not be a hammer down the phones type of a sales guy. Those people aren't relationship builders. They're just appointment setters, and they're really good at it. No fear. Yeah, your, your point's great. In that <clears throat> when you talk about resources, they're internal, external resources. So you can break that one into two. Um, but those internal resources, you as a manager have to identify what you have, like right. building the fire, building the house. Yeah. But internally, yeah, you've got you've to have, you know, externally, you also have to provide folks with the resources to do it. You need a phone to make the calls. That's right. Yeah, you have to provide them with the tools to do their job and to make everything work. And then you have to know and understand the way they're feeling. If you ask them to do something and they say they can do it, and then you see some fear coming out or them not them kind of slipping or falling off, then it's time to reevaluate and look at what's going on and whether or not they are a good fit for that project. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so many, just, I got so many things. That, <laughs> the one thing I don't have is unlimited time. That's true. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. We're 40 minutes in. Usually we do yeah. 20 minutes. It was so yeah. good. We doubled up our time though. That's right. Uh, big thanks it. to Shane for coming on the Almost Daily Show. I think this was a really good conversation. Listening, you should listen to this several times and then ask a bunch of questions and really take this to heart. If you're in this position, especially don't take your ego back and say, hey, how can I improve what I'm doing and make it better? It's only going to benefit you. And look for a few good articles. Shane's going to write some articles for us um, to really yeah. help, help you understand um, or just get some lessons from his experience. And hopefully, yeah, I started working on those. So those should be out here in the next uh, probably, you know, five to seven days. Cool. Perfect. We'll get those on our medium publication for you guys yep. to read. And thanks again for coming on the show, Shane. It was a lot of fun. We'll help talk to you guys soon. Yeah, right, man. Enjoy See your ya, day. everybody. See ya. Picking up the pieces from the